Exodus 12, verse 1 through 28. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of the 10th month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for their household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. For the lamb, your lamb, shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You shall take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted with its head and with its legs and inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all of the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you or destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations, as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven out of your houses. For if anyone eats what is leavened from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. On the first day you shall hold a holy assembly, and on the seventh day a holy assembly. No work shall be done on those days. But what everyone needs to eat, that alone may be prepared by you. And you shall observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread, for on this very day I brought your hosts out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a statute forever. In the first month, from the fourteenth day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread, until the twenty-first day of the month at evening. For seven days no leaven is to be found in your houses. If anyone eats what is leavened, that person will be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a sojourner or a native of the land. You shall eat nothing leavened. In all your dwelling places you shall eat unleavened bread. Then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go, and select lambs for yourselves according to your clans, and kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, and dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and touch the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, 
The Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you. You shall observe this rite as a statute for you and for your sons forever. And when you come to the land that the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you shall keep this service. And when your children say to you, What do you mean by this service? You shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. For he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians but spared our houses. And the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Then the people of Israel went and did so, as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's interesting, this passage, obviously, again, a very famous passage in Scripture, but um, there's more to it. it. It's not only God's, in a sense, salvation of his people as he brings judgment on the people of Egypt, but there's also this this necessity to remember that. Mm-hmm. You have to remember this. And so you have to do this over and over and over and over and over and over again in this very physical way. It's, it's interesting. It's not just tell the story. In a sense, it's act this story out mm-hmm. over and over and over again so that you won't forget what I have done with you. That's exactly right. And, you know, it's almost as though they enter into the story for themselves. And and as they celebrate it yearly, uh, I'm convinced that one of the reasons the Lord instituted this yearly celebration of the Passover was for them to rehearse it and for them to enter into it personally. So, you know, there's one there's one place where they're instructed that when, they're, when their children ask them, uh, why do you do this or what does this mean? then they are, they are supposed to say in Exodus 13, 8, it is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. And through the generations, even those who were not alive at the Exodus have continued to say those words. It is what the Lord did for me right. when I came out of Egypt. So it's not only rehearsing the mighty acts of God at the Exodus, it's also affording the people an opportunity to enter into those mighty acts of God so that they think of their own lives and they think of the way that God acts on their behalf in terms of the exodus from Egypt. You know, the, the Hebrew people, obviously, there was a ceremonial people. There, there's a lot of this in the land of Egypt. Now, do we as Christians do anything like this? I mean, do we have these little dramas or do we have anything that kind of does the same thing where I remember my salvation yes. in a sense? Yes, so I'm convinced that that the last supper that Jesus celebrated with his disciples was a Passover meal. And I think that when he takes the bread, the unleavened bread, which, which symbolized their hasty departure from Egypt, he's essentially saying to them, this is no longer about the exodus from Egypt. And you know, in the Old Testament, in the book of Jeremiah, for instance, Jeremiah says in two places, in Jeremiah 16 and in Jeremiah 23, he says, days are coming when it shall no more be said as the Lord lives who brought us out of the land of Egypt. And the reason they're saying that is because that's how they identify the Lord. The Lord himself in Exodus 20 verse 1 is going to say, I am Yahweh who brought you out of the right. land of Egypt. You're no more no more going to say as the Lord lives who brought us out of the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives who and then essentially did the new Exodus for us. So I think Jesus is saying this bread is no longer about uh, the exodus from Egypt, this is now this bread now symbolizes my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then similarly with the cup, this cup is not about the cup of redemption 
that you celebrate about the Passover anymore. I'm now transforming its its meaning and refocusing its meaning, not on the exodus from Egypt and the celebration of the Passover, but on me and my death and resurrection on your behalf. Yeah, and, and so every week, you know, maybe every week in uh, your church. In a good church. And, and, well, in Christ's covenant, we, we <laughs> In Christ's covenant, we celebrate a sacrament every week. Okay. And so we, if on the weeks that we have baptism, we don't take the Lord's Supper. Okay. But on the weeks we don't have baptism. But but the point of it is, I think, these little dramas. Yes. I mean, I think... Enacting the, the... The the baptism, I think, drama or scene is yes. coming up, right? Yes. Um, and so we we are... It's, it's very interesting. We're remembering, and not just these people... In a sense, we are remembering, uh, for example, when God made a sacrifice for Adam and Eve. They were to see in this 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 idea that God was. They were, they were eating and they were clothed. God's provision was also reminding them, as you said, you know, a few weeks ago. Oh, we didn't actually we didn't die. God mm-hmm. has shown us mercy, and maybe we do have hope. And then, of course, it just continues. We we didn't die, as all of these firstborn children around us have died but God has shown us mercy. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't die as the Egyptian army died. I mean, all of these are signs of God's incredible kindness and mercy to his people that we don't deserve. Amen. You know, we we didn't look at Exodus 4, 21 and 22, but the Lord says there, he says uh, to Moses that he, 4, 22 and 23, you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says Yahweh, Israel is my firstborn son. And I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. If you refuse to let him go, behold, I will kill your firstborn son. And this is important because there was a sense in which Adam was the son of God. Right. And now the nation of Israel has become the son of God. And because Pharaoh won't let God's son go, God strikes down Pharaoh's firstborn son. But then that sonship that the nation has it's going, it's going to be focused on the king from David's line in 2 Samuel 7, 14, when the Lord says of that future king from David's line, I will be to him a father and he will be to me a son. And so the king of Israel is almost like a new Adam, representative Israel, son of God. And in, in, in the mystery of, of the salvation that God accomplishes, um, that son who represents Israel as the new Adam uh, he becomes also the Passover lamb. And so the, all of these Old Testament themes are vital to our understanding mm. of what, what God has accomplished in Christ. There's so much here. Th- these readings have been so helpful. We do have one more with Dr. Hamilton, and so we'll meet you tomorrow. But for Jim Hamilton, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.